Dr. Prachi Srivastava joins us right now. Dr. Srivastava, how are things? Hi, Mike. It's great to be back on the show. It is great to hear from you, and it's great to be able to hear you. Thank you to all of our engineers who have fixed the problem, and John Lee who have made the uh, the issue go away so that we can chat right now. De-streaming. De-streaming yes. is something that we hear, and unless you take the time to figure out what it even means, it's kind of tough to understand, and it's going to be happening at the Thames Valley District School Board in London next year. Dr. Srivastava, can we just start with what streaming and, and de-streaming actually are? Streaming is, um, a, you know, um, a curricular um, a curricular method put into place, was put into place to allow different kinds of uh, presumed ability students to take different kinds of courses. So originally it's usually justified in the idea that you know, students who might be more inclined towards applied fields could take uh, different kinds of courses, and students that are more inclined towards academic fields could take different kinds of courses. Uh, a lot of the times it's spoken about in terms of enrichment. A lot of times it's spoken about in terms of just applied and academic kinds of subjects. And mostly, it's really uh, been implemented in uh, math and science. That's usually the areas that we see that. Okay, so... It's again. It's something that is brought in at the high school level. How early has it been brought in that you're kind of focusing those math and and science courses in different directions? Well, in Ontario, it's been uh, in high school. Uh, I think it was uh, around grade nine, usually, where we saw uh, quite a, a change. Uh, but you know, I want to preface all my comments by saying that. The idea behind streaming uh, is really this idea of presumed ability. Um, and one of the issues with that, what we've seen in the research, it's not just in Ontario, but generally in research around streaming, is that there has been a lot of uh, inequitable uh, participation in streams that are considered to be higher level. You know, so for example, um, if you were to say applied and academic streams, Usually what people would assume is that the academic stream is going to be higher level and that those kinds of courses are going to better prepare students for certain fields, especially if they're going on into university, um, into those into those fields. But what we see in the research is that um, students coming from marginalized backgrounds and particularly um, racialized backgrounds and lower income backgrounds, a lot of times the aptitude or the presumed aptitude is really done in a way where we've seen a lot of disproportionate um, amounts of students going into areas or into course streams that are seemingly less valued, and that really is problematic in terms of the options that are then available to those students as they go through the system and into university or not. We're talking with Dr. Prachi Srivastava, Associate Professor in the Faculty of Education at Western University, and we're looking at streaming and de-streaming so if you are to de-stream that would allow students to to kind of move at a later date to higher level academic courses is, is that the idea in this i mean the idea of de-streaming generally is that you have the same uh, kinds of courses that are available to all students and that actually enrichment or if there is um you know individualized education plans that are um uh, you know that are required are actually then put into um, a more individual instructional plan. 
plan for each student, right? So it's kind of making sure that there's a base level for everyone that's guaranteed and that then that is, um, you know, either enriched or if there are students who require more attention, that that is done through IEPs. That's how it's thought about. But the issue here then means that if we're going to de-stream, which is the plan, um, which is the plan in Ontario, that we're going to be de-streaming mostly, um, it's already started in some in some areas, and it's going to be done through next year, really that requires a, a lot of planning. It requires um, smaller class sizes, for example, for more individualized instruction. It requires planning at the curricular level. It also requires a real hard look at the kinds of resources that are available to different kinds of schools in different neighborhoods. Um, and I don't think uh, there's a report that was uh, that came out by People for Education, and it seemed pretty um, obvious from that report that there have been a lot of inequities in terms of what has been available to schools in different um, income level neighborhoods. And in terms of really thinking about the planning behind it, uh, we don't seem to have as much um, planning for all of that. So, you know, de-theming in terms of addressing some of the inequities, I think is a good approach, but all of this requires real resource allocation, really understanding, you know, what the dynamics are within classrooms and in neighborhoods. And the final point I would make is all of this is constrained when you have an education budget that has been cut and which is continued which is likely to be continued to be cut for the next seven years. So any implementation that we see is always going to be hampered by resources. Okay. We're talking with Dr. Prachi Srivastava from the Faculty of Education at Western University. So it's one thing then to say, let's do this, and it sounds like it's another thing to make sure that the system is going to work out. So what challenges could we see if, if those resources aren't there? If the resources are not there, we see the same kinds of systems-level uh, problems that, you know, I've been talking about over the last two years anyway in Ontario, which is, you know, a lot of inequitable provision. What you see is uh, a curriculum that might be, you know, uh, put into place in a rushed kind of manner, which is going to affect different schools and, and children in different schools inequitably. Um, and a lot of times what that leads to is, um, families uh, of children who are able to will seek out additional or private, you know, supplemental education, tutoring, or, or other kinds of supplemental education, um, and that will still lead to inequities in the longer run. So, you know, if the idea behind de-streaming is to equalize opportunities, then you need to actually be putting in more resources for schools and neighborhoods, um, and specifically for children within schools that have more disadvantages. So don't just make this a political thing that says, hey, look what we did. Everything's going to be better now. Make sure it's going to be better now. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I think that's the number one issue that we see in terms of education governance in Ontario, which is, you know, there might be some good ideas, but the implementation is going to be hampered when you have overall budgetary cuts. When you have big budgetary cuts like the types we're seeing in Ontario, any policy implementation is actually hampered, and it will usually affect whatever issue it is that we're talking about, will usually affect schools in disadvantaged neighborhoods and students who are already marginalized worse than um, the average. Than the average. We're talking with Dr. Prachi Srivastava, 
associate professor in the Faculty of Education at Western University. Dr. Srivastava, does de-streaming help in any way in that kids don't have to choose all that early, what path they're going to take, whether they want to go to university or whether they they maybe want to go to college and, and don't need to look at the course that they may need for university in whatever subject it is? Does it prolong the amount of time they have to make that decision in any way? In theory, it should do that. In theory, you know, everyone has access to the same opportunities. In theory, that is what it should allow one to do. And if we think about, you know, the fact that when a student is in grade nine, you know, how young they are and what that could mean in terms of, you know, future life opportunities, you don't want to have a system that is so restrictive um, early on, right? But in order for that to be successful, as I've said, we really do need to have proper planning, proper implementation. Smaller class sizes are really important in a de-streamed context because you will have a lot of mixed ability students and within the same group, which means that, you know, there will be students that will require extra attention. There will be students that will require enrichment. There are students that will require, you know, different kinds of guidance. So all of this in, in is actually, it's possible to but it needs to be done in a context that allows for that in a way that is more systematic and doesn't disadvantage the students. As a final question, Dr. Srivastava, how confident are you that that's what's taking place? I mean, this is a difficult question for me to answer uh, because I've said and I've been very public throughout um, all of my media engagements um, nationally and here in Ontario that, you know, I do think the resource constraints that have been placed in education are inexplicable. They don't they don't actually make any sense in terms of what is required for the kinds of changes that we're seeing curricular wise. And they're also not they don't make sense in terms of the kinds of resources we have available to us as a high income G7 province. Um, None of this really makes sense. So whatever we see, when we see any kinds of changes, which may even be, you know, positive changes, or we hope that they can be implemented in a way that is positive, it's difficult to do. And it's hard to understand why a government would want to make so so many um, changes without actually resourcing it properly. And it doesn't, you know, the idea that we don't have resources, that idea doesn't actually hold any water in the context of Ontario. So it's really even more difficult to justify. Well, Dr. Srivastava, thank you for paying such close attention to education. Thank you for being as vocal as you are about trying to make some changes that make a big difference. And thanks so much for the time today. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. That's Dr. Prachu Srivastava, associate professor in the Faculty of Education at Western University. So.